0: are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives, and that's where you go to support this mission of truth. Well, we're doing kind of a part two today of, you know, why the wicked prosper. <laughs> and uh, just kind of wrestling with that reality that the, that the wicked grow old in their wickedness. And uh, a couple days ago, we did part one, and we were talking, we, we really looked at the wheat and the tares, and the, that parable, and how they have to grow up together until the harvest time. And then when the harvest comes, then there's the separation, and the tares, and the seed of the enemy, they, they're they thrown in the fire, and then the wheat, the, the tare, or the wheat, um, the seed of God is gathered into his barn. Along with, the, with that parable was the uh, parable of the sower, and we read it from the book of Matthew. We're actually going to look at it from the book of Mark today. Uh, it's 19 verses, but that's not our focus. Our main focus is going to be on the story that Jesus tells of the rich man and Lazarus. Uh, because we're talking about And wrestling with and dealing with that reality That the wicked, they grow old They grow rich They prosper It seems like there's no The rod of God is not on them As we read from the book of Job A couple days ago But That's only For a short time That's only that short window of human life, what really matters. The most important thing of all is where will you spend forever and what does that look like? And so we're going to take a look at the rich man and Lazarus, the rich man who has all the earthly possessions and pleasures and gets away with all the things, and Lazarus who had a tormented life, basically. But how does that shake out in the end? And it's a lesson for us for sure. I started with the end verse from that parable of the sower, And these were the ones that were sown among thorns. They hear the word, but it, it can't be fruitful in their lives because they're so weighed down with the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. The idea that the riches will bring me pleasure, the riches will bring me joy, the riches will bring me fulfillment. And the lust of other things entering in, it chokes the word so the word can't be fruitful in their lives. So let's read that counterpart to the Matthew version that we read a couple of days ago. From Mark chapter 4, 19 verses. And he began to teach by the seaside. And it was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea, and the whole multitude was by the sea on land. And he taught them many things by parables, and he said unto them, In in his doctrine, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up, and some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth, but when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground, and did yield fruit, and sprang up, and increased, and brought forth some thirty, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said unto them, He that hath ears, let him hear. And when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve asked him of the parable. And he said unto them, Unto you it is given the known, the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without All these things are done in parables. That the seeing may see and not perceive, and the hearing may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should convert, and their sins should be forgiven them. And he said unto them, Know ye not this parable? How then will ye know all parables? So please note, same situation, right? Jesus saying that there's a reason that it's done in parables. It's because some are meant to understand and some aren't. And to you, those who I have called, the mystery of the kingdom of God is able to be known. And he's like, but you don't understand this basic parable. He's like, how can you understand any parable if you can't understand this basic parable? And then he explains the parable. Verse 14. The sower soweth the word. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard... Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves. And so endure but for a time, and afterward when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. Please know we've we, again we talked about this a little bit already. They hear the word, they're excited. They're excited about uh, you know the possibility of a relationship with God. They're excited about uh, about eternal life. They're excited about forgiveness of sins. But then when they're getting the side eye from friends and family, and when they're getting judged and getting mocked at work, and You know those sorts of things. Suddenly, they're offended by it, and they don't want it. So they they go away. They immediately walk away from it as soon as the temperature gets turned up. They've got no root. They're not rooted at all in their faith. They they can't handle it. I'm done. I didn't realize I was going to have to actually pay I I didn't know it was going to cost me something to follow Christ. And then we have those which are sown among the thorns, which we've been covering. And these are they which are sown among the thorns, such so as hear the word. So they hear it. But then they are distracted and drawn away by the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of, deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering and choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. So then that takes us to the rich. Those who spend their lives gathering wealth, pursuing wealth. Everything is about wealth. Jesus says it's so... Well, let me back up. Remember, in our Proverbs, we often hear, Don't envy the wicked. Don't envy them. First of all, all that money and all those things, it brings them more problems than it solves. There's nothing to envy there when it comes to eternity. And Jesus says if you, if you end up in that position where you have all the wealth and the power, it is, it is nearly impossible to enter into the kingdom of God. Because just like we just read in the parable The deceitfulness of those things and the lust of those things and the cares of those things choke your faith. Choke your ability to be in an intimate relationship with God. And even if you hear the word, like you hear the gospel, you hear the good news, you can't quite get there. Why? Because it means I'm going to have to walk away from some things that I just can't walk away from. Let us look at it as an example. Matthew 19. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And Jesus said, verse 17, And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. He saith unto him, Which? And Jesus said, Thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy father, father and mother, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And the young man saith unto him, All these things I have kept up from my youth, what lack I yet? So, first, right out of the gate, Jesus is like, Well, let's. Let's have a little interaction. You want eternal life? Well, let's start with this. Obey God, right? Now, Jesus isn't saying this is the path to salvation. Obviously, the only path to salvation is faith in him and his completed work on the cross. The point is here, he's trying to get this rich young ruler to a point in the conversation where he realizes he's got to forsake himself take up his cross and follow Jesus so he's going down these steps the rich man says oh I've you know I've obeyed these commandments I've kept it all since I was a kid and Jesus says this verse 21 and Jesus said unto him if thou wilt be perfect go and sell all that thou hast and give it to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and follow me so notice the exchange don't store up riches here in heaven, or here on earth, right? That's another teaching of Messiah. Rather, store them up in heaven, right where you're going to be forever. You, 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 you spend your whole life gathering up treasures and junk here on earth that's just going to end up in somebody else's possessions. Eventually, it's going to belong to somebody else, or it's going to be in a landfill somewhere. It's going to rust and decay. And you're going to die. And your life is going to be like a blip, like a grain of sand, because it's short-lived. Or you can store up treasures in heaven where they, where it doesn't tarnish, where it won't end up belonging to somebody else. And it'll be yours forever. But we can't wrap our minds around this. So he tells the rich man, ditch the possessions. Sell all that junk. Give it to the poor. You'll have more abundance, honestly, in heaven And then follow me. Like if you really want eternal life, you have to what? You have to follow Christ. So Jesus said, if you will be perfect, go and sell all you have and give to the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come and follow me. Verse 22. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful. For he had great possessions. And Jesus said to his disciples, Verily I say unto you that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again I say unto you it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And when his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, Who then can be saved? You see, at this point the disciples are still thinking, in the terms of society. Well, that person must be better and more important than me. They're the ones with all the money and possessions. So if they can't be saved, who can? But Jesus beheld them and he said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. So Jesus wasn't saying that it's impossible for a rich man to enter into heaven, but it's very, very difficult. Very few are willing to follow Christ, even if it might cost them all that they've obtained. The rich man wanted eternal life, but he couldn't part with his possessions. And is Jesus telling everyone on the planet, sell everything you own? No, this was about getting to the heart of the young rich ruler, the young rich man. Getting to the heart that where his true heart was. He kind of wanted to follow Jesus. But not enough to forsake the world. So then that brings us to our final story. The rich man and Lazarus. Why we are not to envy the wicked. How this eventually all shakes out. Yes, they grow old in their wickedness. They grow rich. It seems like the rod of God is not upon them, but then they die and go to Shaul, like Job says. So let's have a look at this story. It's found in the book of Luke. It's chapter 16, and it starts with verse 19. There was a certain rich man, which was clothed in purple and fine linen, and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at the gate full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. So please note, the first things that we are noting. We have Lazarus, he's full of sores, he's so poor he lays at the gate. His only desire is that he might have a few crumbs off the rich man's table who lives sumptuously every day. But then they both die. And what happens? Immediately the angels take Lazarus into Abraham's bosom, which is like paradise. The rich man dies and he wakes up, finding himself in eternal torment. Think about the reality of this. You die, the next thing you know, you're on fire. And he looks up and he sees Lazarus in the bosom of Abraham in paradise many commentators make the note that Jesus doesn't say this is a parable. He doesn't say this story is like the kingdom of heaven. He just tells a story. Which leads us to conclude that there's a good chance that this is not a made-up story, that this is a true story that Jesus knows. And he's sharing it with us. continue on well let's also know and also in the apocrypha it talks about how there that you can see from one side to the other but you can't pass through the chasm as jesus describes here so this there there was writings going around talking about that same thing whereas here jesus is just plainly saying that's how it is So it's not just that the rich man is in torment. He's seeing Lazarus, the servant that he ignored, probably made fun of, probably scoffed at, probably looked down at as dirt in paradise and himself in hell. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. He cried and he said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. So please note. Here's what I want people to understand, and this is just reality. Get rid of this notion that someday the person who wronged you is going to find themselves in hell and they're going to be repentant of how they treated you. Or, like, that's not how it works these people are full of pride that's why they'll be gnashing their teeth they're not going to be like oh I was so wrong you know no they're going to be cursing at God they'll they'll spend eternity in their arrogance and in their pride they're never going to go yeah you were right I was wrong yeah, I should have. That's no. Look at the rich man. He sees Lazarus and he's tormented. He's in a flame. And he's still so arrogant as to think that Lazarus should be serving him, should come down and dip his water and give him something to drink. Verse 25. But Abraham said, son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receive thy good things. And likewise, Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and thou art tormented. Abraham's like, you had your good, th- you had your good moment. You decided that your good moment was going to be those small few years where you got to live in luxury. And Lazarus lived in evil. Well, now the roles are reversed, except now it's eternity. Now it's Forever that's what these rich people in high places who lord themselves over the whole world who are doing all this evil upon the whole world who are feeding deception and poison to the whole world they've traded a few short years of life to indulge their flesh for eternal torment and even when they wake up in the flame rather than repent they will gnash their teeth he you received your good things likewise Lazarus evil things but now he is comforted and thou art tormented and besides all of this between us and you there is a great gulf fixed so that none so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot neither can they pass to us that they would come from hence and then he said i pray thee therefore father that thou wouldest send him to my father's house he's still talking about Lazarus He still thinks Lazarus is his servant. For I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they also come unto this place of torment. So the rich man does have a moment where he's concerned about his family back home. Please send Lazarus to go tell them about this place like hell is real. Go tell them to turn it around, right? Hell is real. And Abraham said unto him, They have Moses. And the prophets let them hear them. What's Abraham saying in this story? What's being said? They have the word of God. So by God's measure, that is enough. God values his word so much. Put so much emphasis on his word and the power of his word that that is enough to condemn you you've heard the word it has power you know it because it pierces your hearts but if you ignore that reality that's on you abraham said they have moses and the prophets let him hear them and then he said nay father abraham but if one went unto them from the dead they will repent And of course, Jesus knows this isn't true, right? Which gives us our last verse. And he said unto him, if they will not hear Moses and the prophets, if they will not hear the word of God, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. This story is telling us that the word of God is as powerful as somebody coming back from the dead and speaking. And of course, we know in hindsight, Jesus came back from the dead. What did the religious leaders try to do? Tried to cover it up. The rich are not to be envied. Rather, to be pitied. Not all of them, but many of them, many of the people that you think of in high places who are so wickedly evil, yet so wealthy, they're not really wealthy. You, the servant of God, who may live in poverty, you have an investment. And your investment, which is, I've traded my life here on this earth to follow Christ which is going to turn into eternal life with him treasures in his right and his left hand beyond what I could ever imagine or comprehend. They're invest. They've invested in eternal torment. Ooh, they get to indulge themselves while they're aging and they're basically animated corpses up there in front of the camera. They're going, to, they're going to die, and they're going to wake up in hell. And those of us who have trusted in Christ are going to die, and the angels are going to carry us into Abraham's bosom, into paradise. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, the scriptures say. Don't envy the wicked. This is why they prosper. This is why it seems like God doesn't do anything to them or judge them. Look, what does Abraham say to the rich man? You, in your lifetime, received good, the good things. Like that's all you. That's all you wanted. That's all you got. This is all they get. It's so short-lived. That is our podcast for this morning. I pray you've been blessed and strengthened. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Thank you for those of you who bless the ministry and support the work that's being done here. Please pray for me and my family. Spiritual warfare is on high. Peace and grace be with all of you. And Until next time, God bless.